Shooters, welcome into another episode of the Shooters Touch podcast. We appreciate you listening and following along with this journey as we continue to try to grow the game of basketball in the state of Iowa one story at a time. And we have a fun one for you today. We bring on Adam Sanchez. Adam is the director and operator of 212 Sports Academy um, based out of Williamsburg. And uh, it is a really neat program that's continuing to grow. Uh, Coach has a really cool story. Uh, He's been at a lot of levels, experienced a lot of different coaches, and learned a lot of stuff along the way. And so we revisit that, uh, go back the old days. Adam and I were at, um, Adam Sanchez and I were at Warburg at the same time. And so we were sharing stories about uh, Waverly and the good times we had up there. And so this one was a lot of fun. We hope you enjoy it. As always, shoot or shoot. I got shooters touch. Can't nobody ball like me. I was getting, I was getting a lot of no letters, and I kept some of the letters because it was like motivation for me. I was young in my coaching career. I did know that those guys I was coaching, this was their one opportunity. You really want the players to like you? Just make them better. If I want to keep playing this game, you know, as a job, I, I have to continue to get better at that. You have to figure out a way to carve out some value that you have that you can bring not only to your team but also your profession. It's really good information and I pick up little nuggets all the time. For me it's all about confidence and you have to have confidence to be a shooter, to be uh, a basketball player in general and to have success. It's all about confidence. If they walk a mile in my shoes then they can bow like I do but my game different not the same with it. I travel now y'all just change pivot. Well, Adam Sanchez, welcome to the Shooter's Touch. Thank you, guys. Looking forward to it. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, excited to have you on. Excited to hear your story. Um, hash, hash things up a little bit. Uh, revisit the past. Um, we have a lot of a lot of um, loose ends that we got to tie up. You and I, and Adam and Corey, and um, the coaching path and where we're at. It's going to be fun uh, to chat with you and get your story. Um, before we do that, how, how's the family? How's everyone doing uh, your way, keeping up with these kids? I know you got crazy active kids, so you guys are going in all directions. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's awesome. Uh, like you said, you kind of you kind of pick one up, drop one off, come back, get the other one to go somewhere else. So I've got four of them that are all eight and older, eight to 13, I guess now. And so uh, they're all involved in basketball, volleyball, softball, you name it. Um, we're rolling and trying to you know, we talk a lot like you're trying to teach all those lessons that they need to learn and we're using sports and that platform to do a lot of it. But uh, it's fun. It's going, uh, as you guys know, way, way too fast. Um, you know, you look back and I'm like talking to my 13 year old and I'm like, we got five more years of this and, and you're done. You're out of the house. And uh, mm-hmm. he's only got one more at travel winter basketball, which is kind of crazy. Um, and so but it, it's fun. We're living it up and uh, enjoying every weekend doing something. Um, you know, if we get one day at home. Uh, we don't know what to do, so we might as well just keep on keep on going and staying in hotels and uh, playing a sport and then seeing how it goes. So no, but uh, family's awesome. Um, wife's a huge support, and uh, she never never questions the sanity that we're trying to live. And uh, um, the kids are enjoying it. As long as they're still having fun, we're gonna keep on doing yeah. it. Well, good, good, good. Or that's uh, it's exciting to hear. Um, can't wait to get the story. Obviously, we'll get into it. I imagine that the kids were. Um, or are a big part of, of why 212 came about. Um, and like I said, we want to get there. But before we do here at Shooter Touch, we always uh, have to start way back. 
And so Adam, yeah. a, Adam, not, not too, not too far away. How what? How many miles separated you guys back in back in the high school days? It wasn't too far. It wasn't too far at all. I don't know how. I'm really bad with uh, with maps and distances, and everybody that listens <laughs> it was, knows that about me. It, but. Half hour, half hour to forty minutes. That's there about it. There you go. No. Yeah, it wasn't too far. Yeah, yeah. So let's uh, let's um, let's chat a little bit about that. Uh, yeah. Obviously, a town um, you know similar to Algona and similar to Ackley. Um, what was uh, what was growing up like? I'm uh, I'm assuming a little bit like Brian in my um, childhood. And uh, how did how did athletics how did sports play into that? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, I actually grew up uh, before seventh grade in Waterloo, um, so big town. Uh, did that for a little while. My parents were both from small towns, and in seventh grade, it was like I was an only child. Um, and I was everything you think about an only child. So I was spoiled. Going to get out. But, uh, they, uh, they decided like they all grew up in small towns and we need to make the same move. And so I moved to Hudson. Um, and it couldn't have been better, uh, from a sports standpoint. First time I met everybody, I was on a baseball field, um, and rolled in and was a new kid. And luckily I probably had a good day. So they all thought I was, I was pretty cool and, uh, fit in from day one there, but it was awesome. Um, you get to know everybody, obviously, like you guys did growing up, you know, all your friends and their parents and they're all there supporting you. Um, you know, I think I shot a lot of, a lot of hoops on the driveway and the neighbors didn't care. And, and they were there to support you on Tuesdays and Fridays um, with whatever you were doing. Um, and that's kind of where we're at Williamsburg now. Um, just that small town feel of, of kind of being uh, walking around, knowing everybody, knowing everybody's stories um, and them supporting you and, and, and hoping for the best for you. So played all four sports. Um, through uh through junior high and high school um and wouldn't head any other way uh didn't even really I guess I wasn't really focused in one over the other whatever sport we were in was the one that uh I played and, and tried to excel at the best I could um actually enjoyed baseball as much as anything um and uh as I got older I think about my sophomore freshman sophomore year about sophomore year I started playing basketball and uh had a good sophomore year there at Hudson and that kind of propelled basketball to be the one because it was kind of the first sport that I had the high school success in so um enjoyed them all but uh that that, that year it kind of became the one that I was going to put my my time and invest some time into awesome awesome so um so small town like you mentioned um let me ask you this where was the spot when you and your boys needed to uh <laughs> needed to grab a basketball game was it in a driveway was it a park um where was that at yeah we had a park and uh it's funny because I like you look around now you just don't see the hoops on the parks anymore and it makes me found really old when I say that but uh we had a really good uh we had a good park with a full court hoop and they lowered the hoops for us and uh I don't know if we ever really played on 10 foot rims um we were always you know dunk 21 or whatever it may be and then I had a good uh good group of buddies they were a year below me that uh lived in kind of the same neighborhood and so there were there were countless nights and um I don't know if it's a, a bragging point or not but I didn't really like to do anything except for go to school and on Friday night, go play football and come home and shoot hoops. And so we ended up playing, you know, four guys playing 21 um, until you were hurting or tired and uh, did that till all hours. And there was a guy across the street that would always tell us, Hey, it's midnight time to put it away. So um, that was kind of when it was time to be done. But uh, yeah, usually it was, it was my driveway. The, the one buddy got the painted, he was the first guy to get the painted driveway with the, the arc and the light free throw lane. So we went there and played a lot. Um, and that was kind of our, our life growing up, um, which was pretty awesome. So, hey, so, uh, sorry. So dunk ball, I yeah. mean, 
Yeah, layup ball for me. I never really had vertical. But, see, uh, well, see, here's my thing with dunk ball, though. I as much as it's like, all right, man, let's let's play on a tempo hoop. I think dunk ball helps you finish around the rim. Like it's, it's weird, but you kind of figure out angles and ways to, you know, because yep. you're seeing things a little bit different. That uh, I honestly think it it helps you finish. And you uh, you learn how to go hard to the hole because it's uh, mm-hmm. it's either you're getting there and getting fouled or you're going to get blocked. So there is a, there's a lot of truth to it. And uh, sometimes when we do like, and I'll get into it later, we do our skill development with little kids. Like if we're trying to teach something, we put the hoop down, especially mm-hmm. with, with girls trying to get them to jump around the rim and like, Hey, go up there and feel what it feels like to get up at the rim and dunk it and, and be powerful. But no, it was, it was awesome. Um, and it, uh, it definitely toughens you up when you go to the basket and trying to find ways to finish around hands. Um, but uh, yeah, that, I, I hadn't probably even thought about that for a long time. But that was, that was fun times. <laughs> yeah, I can I can see that, and uh, and that buddy that uh, got the lines paint on the driveway probably yeah. probably became a, a best friend pretty quick. I'm assuming <laughs> it was great until it rained, and then it got slippery. Then we had to go to my house. So like, <laughs> gotcha. uh, but uh, otherwise, it was it was awesome. So um, yeah, but yeah, there were a lot of there were a lot of a lot of guys getting knocked into poles and everything yeah. else. But uh, it yeah, was no cool. uh, no no pads on those on those poles back in the day, no, like you see driving dri- driving through the neighborhoods these days. Yeah. Um, no, awesome. Well, hey, uh, you mentioned it that uh, that uh, you played all four sports, um, and then you know sounded like freshman sophomore year, you know basketball kind of uh, excelled a little bit. Um, I guess maybe, maybe in the front of, of those four sports, but how do you think playing all those sports helped you in, uh, in basketball on the, on the basketball court? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. And we talk about it a lot now with our kids. And, um, I think the, the ability to understand like the commitment it takes to, to give something to a sport and the discipline it takes to be really good at four different sports and, and those types of things, um, really helped me. Um, and I think the biggest thing in, you know, you, you have that conversation about specializing and all those types of things. And that's a different world now, especially in bigger schools. But the ability to learn how to move on different fields is is really important because um, the way you move on a football field as a quarterback or receiver may help you when you play basketball. And uh, uh, I played soccer, actually, um, ever since I was little. And so in high school, I played at Hudson and, and kind of started the program there. Me and a buddy I wasn't even around until we were a sophomore. And I was like, we got to get this started. So we started it. And you know, you move on a soccer field, it's like basketball with the ball in your foot. And so just learning angles and, and how to pass and move and those types of things um, really help carry it over. And I think it also helps you learn how to be a great teammate because you're not going to be the best at all of them. But how can you support your buddies and your friends and, and those things um, so that they can return the favor when it's your sport um, or one you excel at? So that's what those are the biggest takeaways I had playing all of them. And, um, you know, just being around your friends and, and learning how to, to be a great teammate was a big one for me. Yeah, definitely. And I think uh, we would agree with you 100% on that. Um, well, we I just referenced it, but uh, you said maybe freshman, sophomore year basketball kind of took that lead for you. Um, what was it? Uh, you mentioned that maybe uh, skills got a little better. Was it a grill spur? Was it, you know, uh, a summer a summer um, circuit that maybe uh, you excelled at and maybe, um, you know, maybe people started noticing you? Know, what was that? Yeah, this is uh, take me way back to the, the good old days of being in high school again. But uh, I remember um, it was actually my freshman freshman year and I was on the JV team, press off team or whatever at the time. And uh, we had played uh, Wapsie Valley 
on like a Friday night in the fresh off game. And I had a really, really good game and, and scored a lot of points and had assists and whatever and, and played really well. And then the next day, some reason, I don't know, Wops, he must have been at something at Hudson and I was watching it. So I don't know if it was a wrestling meet or something different, but Marty McCowan was there. Um, and he comes over and he's just like, hey, I watched your play yesterday. And, and you know, you have a lot of good skill sets and you understand the game. And we look forward to coaching against you, you know, for the next three years, but really keep, you know, pushing it. And I never, you know, really thought about it at the time, but that was one thing for me that was like, all right, this guy's kind of, I mean, as you know, Adam, around that area, it's a big name. Um, and uh, to have him come over and say that to me on a Saturday morning when I was a 14-year-old kid, I was like, you know what, right. this might be something if I keep working at it, I could be pretty good at it. Um, and this sounds really weird. And uh, But as an only child, it was the best sport because you didn't need all these other guys to pass the ball to or throw you a pitch. You could just go self-spin it and go to work in the driveway. And so um, that summer, I just kind of took off and realized that, you know, there's a spot on the, on the varsity as a sophomore and wanted to have it and spent a lot of time in the driveway, um, self-tossing to myself and, and making mini games in my head. And so that's kind of where it really took off. Um, and then I know I went to a camp up in Minneapolis um, that summer and, and had a good, good kind of good run with it. Um, don't even remember what the camp was, but uh, played well and, and, you know, just kind of felt like, all right, maybe, maybe this is something I can put some more time into while still playing all the other sports, but uh, kind of make this the one I want to pursue. Yeah. Shout out to Marty McCowan. Yeah, uh, no great coach. Great guy. Um, <laughs> Problem is, so, yeah, uh, so many times when I was coaching at Cedar Rapids, <laughs> right. keeps showing up everywhere. Yeah. They, they don't go away. It seems <laughs> definitely don't. Um, so uh, one game in high school that you remember the most, um, you know, whether that be good or bad, uh, what is that game? Um, I'm going to give you two if I can, because they, they'll never go away. I guess, I one of them was a sophomore, okay. and I think that's kind of when, like, everything just decided this could be the one, is we played Demetrius Kimrow and NU High. Um, and uh, I was talking to Claude before we got on. You start seeing all these names now with their kids playing, and I play Demetrius all the time on the travel, travel world on the weekends now. But he was a senior, I believe, at the time, and I was a sophomore. We played at NU High. It was a good game. We weren't, weren't great, and they were pretty good. Uh, lost by a little bit, but I had 28 and he had 38. And so the headline in the courier was like, Sanchez is good and Kimbrough's great. And I just remember like seeing your name for the first time in the paper and, and seeing it close to his. Um, that was one that just kind of always will, will be in my head. Um, and then my last one, we also played in U high. Um, and, and we were, we were right around a little over 500 ish or so. Um, and they were picked to go to state and everything else. And, and we ended up losing an overtime. Um, but it was an awesome game and it was one of those games where just back and forth and you just kind of, you have those moments where you just don't even know what's going around you. You just, the hype is good. The excitement's good. And you don't even know what you're doing. You're back in the driveway playing. And that's how that one was. And, uh, even though we lost, um, to go out in, in a game like that in overtime against a really good team was a lot of fun. What, uh, what, what year was that? Uh, what year was the second any high game you're talking about? The 2001 was when I graduated. So it was like they had Jake Strzok and, and Jake Strzok. Yeah. Um, and uh, oh, his name's escaping me right now, but the, the superintendent over at Spirit Lake, it was the coach at the time. Yep. Um, Gallup. Yep. Did they have, did they have a one Allen Johnson on the team? They would have had an Allen yeah. Johnson on the team. And I think he banged a couple threes against us. Um, <laughs> if I remember right. But yeah, uh, we, we actually ran up against them too in Ackley and they beat us. Yeah. Um, that's yeah. the year we went to state and they went to state too. And I believe they lost to, 
cascade in the first round of state i believe yeah. as as the one seed i think they were undefeated that year but uh Dave Smith was definitely that's who it was. man Dave Smith, yep. Dave Smith, really 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 good team for sure they were really good they were really they were at five guys that could all play and they were long mm-hmm. and um i remember i got a couple charges and got in foul trouble and had to come back and so it was it was fun sometimes you never forget those moments but that's awesome. And then, so if they lost to Cascade, then that would have been a Nate Schmidt led Cascade. Yeah. Nate Schmidt. Pace was getting them all that year. Just, <laughs> Cascade was running like the four corner stall at that time. Weren't they scoring like 28 points a game and went in? I mean, that was, that's classic big Schmitty basketball right there. But, um, so let's talk about that. So obviously transitioning, um, you know, to the next level, what, uh, what do you remember about all of a sudden having to pick a college and ultimately landing on Warburg? Um, you know, a little bit of a heyday. We just mentioned a couple, couple former, former nights as well. And so uh, doing work in the Cedar Valley, getting who they could, but uh, uh, what do you remember about that process and ultimately why Warburg? Yeah, I think, um, you know, and, and we all have, I see kids come up now and you have all these conversations with kids, but you always have these, these big lofty goals and dreams of where you're going to go. Um and then you start to get some reality and you start looking around and you're like, okay, where, where am I actually going to go and who wants me and, and where can I provide value and, and make a difference right away or step in and, and be a name when I get there and not just, you know, a face that shows up. And so um, they had recruited me pretty hard. They were at the last game against NU high. Um, I was a, whatever I was, 17, 18 year old kid at the time. And I was emotional as I'll get out because my last high school game and, you know, I never thought that was going to be like the end of, end of my life at that moment. And so Coach Faith is there and, and uh, had a great talk with him at that time. And, and my, my parents both were there, my, my stepdad and my mom. And they're just like, I think this is this is a great place for you. And I remember going up that spring to a visit. And for whatever reason, I drove up by myself um, and I was this is really weird, but I was number 12. And there was a sign that said Waverly 12. And I'm like, all right, that's where I'm going. This is easy. It's meant to be. So um, being an only child, um, you know, staying close home to mom um, was a big deal there. Uh, I don't have a problem saying it. Um, but, you know, that was a big deal. I uh, looked at Central and Simpson as well. Um, but at the time, Warburg was was rolling. Marcus Meeks was there. They just come off a couple of conference titles and uh, they had, a you know, the old the old arena was fun to play in and be a part of. And so I was sold pretty quickly. Um, but uh yeah, so that was kind of the, the process for me, but that silly sign with the 12 on it, I guess, made the difference. <laughs> oh, a well-placed sign. That's not it was, a bad it thing. Was, it was. <laughs> um, well, you mentioned it, uh, and it's, uh, I think, I think a question I, I like to ask people, and, you know, we talk about it sometimes, but, you know, those kids with those lofty goals, you know, that are uh, a D1 or bust, you know, hey, I need to go D1. How do you have that conversation? Uh, what is, how would you have that conversation with those kids um, about, you know, hey, there's X amount of high school kids that play college basketball, no matter what, what um, you know, a D1, D2, D3. Um, what does that conversation look like for you? Yeah, I think uh, in, you know, well, we'll get into coaching a little bit, but I spent a little time at, at Drake and, and Grandview and at Wartburg. And so I've been a lot of different levels and seen it all. Um, and I think Adam would be a testament you know, this too. And Claude had days with it and I had days with it, but you got to go somewhere where you're going to be really happy on like your worst day. If that makes sense to you. Cause there's going to be a lot of days where like, if you go just because of basketball, you're going to be really unhappy because basketball is going to wear you down. The coach is going to be too much. You're going to be frustrated, whatever it may be. Um, you know, and so 
Um, I actually remember talking to, to Trey Shear when he was going through the process. Um, we had like a high school league and he was there watching his brother and he's sitting there and he, he said to me, which I thought was awesome. Like, he's like, wherever I go, I want to make an impact and be a part of the team right away. And, you know, I was like, he was a junior and he just committed to, to Truman. And I was like, he could, you know, wait a little bit, maybe you're going to get something. And he was, I want to go somewhere where I'm going to, you know, be a, a name when I walk in and they know who I am and all those things. And so I think that's really big for kids is like, can you, can you be happy there if basketball goes away? Um, can you see yourself there? kind of, I don't want to say on your worst day, but there's a lot of days where it's like, man, this is tough. <laughs> and uh, is it is a good place to be? Are you happy there? Um, do you have a good support system? Um, because that's ultimately what's going to get you through those four years, um, a lot more than that, that, you know, that piece of paper. Um, and there's a lot of, there's a lot of division twos and a lot of NAIs and, and uh, that are just as good, if not better situations than some of the, the D1 or bust ideas. And so, um, you know, I never was fortunate enough to have to make that decision. Uh, but uh, that's kind of some things I know I've, I've outlined or heard from other people um, that I would reiterate to kids if I had that conversation. It's all about fit. And we say that all the time, too, is like find it, find where it's the right fit for you and, and what you're trying to accomplish. And, um, you know, a lot of times that means listening to the right people, because like you said, 17, 18 year old kids like we don't know it. We don't we know nothing like we're going to exactly. we're going to pick our school based <laughs> off of a sign that has our number on it. Right? <laughs> I remember like, yeah, I mean, for me, just being able to be that close to mom, um, you know, and be close to home and that kind of stuff was big. Um, and I think that was, you know, really, really important for me. And it, it, it proved to be important and helped me a lot as I went through it. And, um, you know, I think that's, that's like you said, the fit's the biggest thing um, for sure. Well, and it's crazy too, because, you know, you look at the situation and like you said, even if you remove basketball, um, you know, and the impact that it had, you know, I know specifically on you and your life and it's where you met your wife and it's, mm -hmm. you know, where you met a good majority of your buddies that you probably still talk to to this day. And just, and so it's crazy on how big that is and how much that could change. Like if you, yep went to Nebraska Westland and where, you know what I mean? It's like, it would have been different. Like yeah, yep. maybe the plane would have been different, but the situation and you would have been different from it too. So, um, so with that, let's, so let's talk about Warburg. So you came in um, and like you said, they, teams were good. I mean, nice gymnasium, the snake pit was rolling. Coach Paith just in, in his heyday, just the two-tone khaki pants and Navy jacket. <laughs> I was hoping um, you would say that. <laughs> just looking for a travel every other trip. Um, yep. But uh, Friday night, orange tie. Let's go. It's, geez, it's time, just baby. class classroom at halftime and sharing a locker, <laughs> sharing a locker room with the wrestlers. I mean, we were just we were just living it, living the best life. Practice down uh, early practice in the PC with the track team and anybody yep. else throwing disc over your head. I mean, we had it all going on, but. Uh, so you step on campus. So this, this is before me. So as a freshman, you step on, what do, what do you remember as we always ask the biggest adjustment? So oh, you're, you're the man at Hudson, <laughs> just, just running things. And now all of a sudden you get to Warburg. Um, you know, you probably got some spring ball in there. You probably yep. got Jake Olson dunking on yep. somebody. Yep. Um, what was the biggest adjustment? What do you remember? Well, first of all, everything you just said, like those are the best four years of your life right there. So chalkboard that he was writing on the, the locker room was so skinny. You sat in the back and you weren't sure if you could hear what he was saying. Um, that was awesome. Um, but anyways, we'll get to that later. But my my biggest thing and it it's it's fresh in my mind today and it'll be there forever. Uh, so Marcus Meeks was a senior 
and now he refs all of the tournaments I go to. Um, and so he was a senior at the time and, uh, we had spring ball and I drive up there. I see my 12 sign and I'm like jacked up and excited. I got my cutoff shirt on, you know, and I'm feeling pretty good about myself. Um, and that time our shorts were baggy. So I got the nice baggy shorts on. I'm feeling good. I'm going to go to my first pickup game. And I roll up there. And like you said, you're feeling pretty good about yourself. And you walk down to the old rec center PC down there with the rubber courts and Marcus Meeks is there. They pick teams. Um, and I get on a team with a couple of like guys that I didn't know. And they weren't the top dogs. And the other team is Marcus Courtney Henderson at the time was coming up with Marcus Meeks to play. And he was probably 22, 23, just got done playing. I'm pretty sure D one or wherever he was. Um, and he was overseas at the time or playing somewhere really high level stuff. And then this 16, 17 year old brother with him, Mike Henderson is playing. And uh, here we are. So Sanchez, you got the ball. I didn't cross half court. And I tell people all the time for like 10 to 12 straight possessions, like, <laughs> Courtney Henderson and Meeks were just like, you're not, you're, I don't know who you are or who you think you are, but you're not crossing half court. And so I would spin, there they are. I would change hands, there they are. I would in and out, there he was. Um, and I went over to get a drink of water and I think I was ready to walk out. Like, I'm, this is good, I'm done, there's my career. <laughs> Warburg's over, um, I'm out. But, uh, you know, he, he, Courtney Henderson comes up to me, he probably doesn't even know who I am anymore, but he comes up to me at the time, puts his arm around me and he's like, coach told us who you were and he wanted to, you know, he wanted us to just to check you and see where you were at. Um, and he like, let's, let's just work on a few things. And so he took me to the side and we worked on some things to break the pressure, to relieve some pressure um, and all that kind of stuff. And it was a really cool moment. Um, but I tell Marcus all the time, like you guys literally didn't let me get across half court for 10 straight possessions. Um, and everybody in the, my team was probably like, who's this scrub they picked up um, from Hudson. But uh, that was kind of my moment, um, you know, and then and then Jake and, and, and Mike Pipo and those guys, you know, they, they take you around afterwards and, and make you feel good. But uh, it was it was really cool. Um, it was neat. And uh, those those three guys on the floor together were probably as scary as anybody I've ever played against. Um, so that, that, that was my come to, to come to Warburg and come to the big time moment. So then uh, you were probably uh, ready for the fall when uh, coach made us only play half court. And yeah, that was out, awesome. Huh? I was really excited about that. I was really excited about that opportunity. <laughs> I do remember that day too, where he was tired of us playing full court and cherry picking. So we just played half court. For so, the whole just, fall. so yeah. So he made us play the all fall ball. We had to play half court and yep. check it out. Like that was, yep. that was, I don't know. I, <laughs> that was tough. That was tough. That was tough. Probably kept Ashton from kicking the ball across the, yeah. the gym, but uh, it, it helped me out a lot because that full court stuff was never my my expertise. So I think maybe he did it for my my confidence booster after that moment. So how old was Pipo when you came in? I want to say he was a junior. Okay, so you got. If two I remember years right, because uh, Rob Kobliska uh, was a year older, uh, Shitnik was a year older, uh, Norton was a year older, uh, all those guys. Um, okay. That yeah, I actually played with Pipo in a in an old man league around here. Do you really? Probably, probably, probably. Well, that was probably five or six years ago. But uh, yeah, had had some handles, could shoot the long ball a little bit. This is what's really crazy. Um, number one, he was probably about as good a Division three player as you're going to see. Uh, he played old. He hopefully he's okay. Me saying this, he played old man ball when he was 20 years old against a bunch of college kids <laughs> and was really good at it. Um, but uh, he has his uh, his nephew and niece play for us now through 212 mm -hmm. and um 
his grandma comes down every single week and, and drops the kids off. And the first time ever, she's like, you don't remember me, but I'm Mike Peepos. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is a trip down memory lane. So you've been to my house for lunch and all this. So come full circle there with him. But I tell you what, man, people like his game, uh, like shifty, like smooth, like he wasn't gonna like super wow you, but like, he's just, just so solid at everything. And just his demeanor was like, he went, like through like three years of guys like that, that just, break you down with a jab step and a one foot fade away and undersized and he was like dream shaking guys and it was it was impressive it was fun it made me really good because I just had to pass him the ball um him and so it was he was and he never got too hot and bothered about anything nope what about his business I just dropped 25 and 10 all right good job guys yeah you would have known you would have known if he had two points or if he had 20 like everything was the exact same so nope nope but well good so let's uh fast forward a little bit uh through the playing career then let's see what have been hold on we got it we got to revisit this so was it yep. your senior year what year we went conference was your senior year right was that your senior year the year the year you guys won conference was my first my year coaching okay that was done no we did win conference and then we lost in the conference finals to bv for BV. the 77th time in a row um <laughs> no matter what we did we lost to them on a buzzer beater we lost by 10 i mean any way you named it they got us every time um yeah so uh we did we did finally get it and then the next year um they won it again with stagging the seniors and all you guys yeah. that's right okay yeah. so what yeah. but was so that was the selection Sunday at the duplex, yes. right? Yes, that oh, was man. the. That might have been the. That might be one of the lowest moments you could ever have. Like we, won conference, lost to BV, like in a heartbreaker at our place. Finally, we got a home game against them. Uh, didn't play as well as we should have, and they got us. And then, selection Sunday comes around, and we're in. Like we're feeling good. We're watching it on the old big box TV, and <laughs> next thing you know. No Warburg comes across the screen. Oh, and, man. Uh, I took off for the pool table downstairs, and I don't know where Atchison went, and it was it was ugly. But, uh, yeah, that was one that was one moment that you, you're never going to get back, and we were excited to finally get our opportunity, and the name didn't get called. Nope. That, <laughs> was, that. that was tough. And I, Staggy would know specifically, but I think someone down in Arkansas yep. like lost. Somebody. Yeah, they lost yep. their conference and took it that large. and. Yep. Um, I think it was that like either the night before it was one of those wins um, back to the duplex though you cut the net down off of the little you and I the little we you did. and I hoop that we had in we the living room because I, I don't remember who we beat but we beat somebody to win the conference and we didn't get to cut down the nets yeah you and were so adamant about getting to cut down, down the little mini hoop and we were we were excited that's, that's the best part man <laughs> like that, that like makes it official it does so we, we made it official yeah we had the best we had the best duplex of all time so um Dude. man yeah we have to do a we have to do a different podcast just to talk about that place. I was gonna say that, uh, <laughs> that, would, that would be a whole nother uh, um, a trip down memory lane at 13 away Polos and everything else we could have oh, lots man. of conversations so. yeah <laughs> the walk, walk home was half the adventure <laughs> so um everything else sleeping in bunkers and all sorts of fun oh geez uh <laughs> So obviously from a young age, it sounded like, and then, you know, as I knew you at college, always a very cerebral player. And it, it felt like coaching was already kind of um, on the, on the plate for you from a, from an early age. And so, but do you remember, was there a specific time 
like when you're at Warburg or maybe when you were younger, when all of a sudden you're like, you know what, once, once the playing days are done, like I, I want to coach. Yeah, it probably was like when I was four or five. I don't remember ever wanting to do anything else. And I don't, my uncle, uh, Mark Hendrickson was a, uh, an assistant at Georgia Tech for football. He was at Iowa when I was growing up. So he was like, this is the great, Hayden Fry was his head coach. And it was back when they had the three striped shoulder pads and uh, all that stuff, the apex jerseys. And so like just seeing him and, and seeing all that, um, you know, for me as a kid, you just saw the awesome part. You got to see him on the sidelines and all the gear that he had and Christmas, he'd give you new Hawkeye stuff that he got from the locker rooms. And so seeing all that, um, you know, that that's all I ever wanted to do. Um, from when I was little people in junior high, what are you going to do? I'm either going to play in the majors or MBA or be a coach. And so um, that was kind of the path. That's what I wanted to do all along. Um, and fortunately I get to, to live it in a different way right now. But uh, um, you know, I remember um, I was, and this will kind of skip a story later on that we'll have to share, but I was just, uh, just got done with Fort Berger my freshman year um, and had a good season as a freshman there. And uh Came back home and Jason Bauer, uh, who was also from Hudson and played at Iowa, uh, was back home. And he's like, let's just let's run a camp like, you know, and I was like, I'm in, let's do it. And so we ran a camp. We made some T-shirts that literally just said All-American Camp. And that was it on like 12 point font. We put a little word art basketball underneath it. And uh, we, we had ran a camp. We had probably I don't even know, 40, 50 kids. Um, but it, I just remember like that was that was awesome. That's all I wanted to do from that day on. And so I worked snow valley camps and being around those guys and so um you know it's it sounds silly but i don't ever remember anything else i ever wanted to do except for wearing a suit on the sidelines on espn <laughs> that's, so. that's great so uh you were like the first name image and likeness then back in hudson or what <laughs> i was trying i was trying i was <laughs> trying to do that <laughs> trying to break barriers already i remember like jason bauer was like well we got to get you know, like posters and media guides from Iowa to give out to kids. And I'm like, yeah, what about jump stops and pivots, and shot fakes? And so we were on two different platforms, but it worked really well because the kids got a little bit of everything. So that's funny. I actually, uh, I actually do a camp with JB right now. Do you really? Yeah. His son and my son are about, are about the same age. So, so me and Jay, we've been actually doing that for about two, two or three years now. But uh, literally, he's a big circle yeah, of man. basketball people. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> Small world. So, uh, so then once let's fast forward. Then um, senior year, May term. What what class did you take for May term your senior year? <laughs> oh man, that can't wait to hear this. This is bad. If I don't even remember that, is that right? No, that's not <laughs> I don't even remember that. You don't remember uh, your senior May term? I, oh, I just man. I just remember it was May and we had a good time um you know that's that's there's that's about all I remember with that one um I know I had to do a lot of catching up um for for a for a 18 year old freshman year not doing all the things I probably should have done as well as I did um so I was I was taking some real classes still um I I, I want to say it was an education class because I remember golfing Oh, shit, this is this hopefully not many people listen to this thing yet but uh i was i played my wife will remember like i had a final to get done and i hadn't even started so i played 18 holes in the morning and then started it like at seven o'clock at night um so it was an education class some foundation class that i had to finish and so i was i was unfortunately not like all of you all that was uh enjoying yourselves too much but uh yeah i remember that, that, that that's all i remember there because she called me she's like how are you doing on your, your your project and i'm like well I just got done on hole 17. I got one more to play and then I'll get started. And so I got it done. Um, it was a portfolio. It got handed in and, and we did well. So 
that's funny <laughs> but now that you say that like i do remember you in there kind of grinding a little bit yep. And, hey, yep. and we were all like going to slow pitch softball games and nope. i was not thursdays were always rough after softball wednesday <laughs> night so but then uh yep. that's yep. funny that's good so all right so then you get uh get through may term senior year um yep. all right now we got to figure this out all right life yep. comes at you fast uh what do you what do you remember about making that decision and obviously ultimately sticking around for another year to get some coaching um but uh what what was your thought process with that is that something where you're like well i'm gonna stay where i know where i'm comfortable where i can get a start or or what was the vision there yeah i uh you know at the time that's a that was i don't even know it's 20 18 years ago or whatever it might have been and so yeah. there wasn't a lot of like different networking to get yourself out there and and i was just a you know a, a solid division three player on a really good program and so went old school got online and i remember sitting there in my parents you know office area on the wooden chair and typing up emails and just copy and paste and send and send and send and send and send and you get a little bit back here or there um but i knew the process of like get a ga spot um travel wherever you got to travel at the time to go do it um, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough to find somebody to say yes to me at a, you know, and, and, and want to want to date me and, 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 and all that stuff. And so I had that process taking place. And so, um, she had gotten a teaching job in Carlisle. Um, and so I'm sitting there thinking, I want to at least stay in the state now a little bit if I can. Um, but, uh, and so got a, got a, um, got in the master's program at UNI, um, coach Pace said they had a spot there. I could coach JV basketball. I'm like, Heck yeah. <laughs> Who else, you know, best way to learn is to just jump in. I had 9,000 set plays I could run. Um, I knew everything at the time. And so let's do this thing. And so, uh, you know, like, as you all know, as a junior in high, junior in college, when you're playing basketball, you think you know everything anyway. So I'm like, now I can put this all to the test. And so fortunately he let me do that. I jumped in, um, didn't get a lot of emails back from people. I had a couple, you know, long distance things, but it was, it was kind of, you know, a, a shot in the dark. And so I stayed there. Um, did the JV basketball thing for a year, um, go around small town, Iowa, um, with the, you know, the $5 per diem for supper that night. And, uh, you know, and it, it was awesome. Um, you just get to see, you get to see your coach in a different light. You get to see the different side of things. Um, you get to see why he was as gray haired as he was because of all of us. Um, and, uh, you know, Oliver Drake, coach Drake was there at the time. Um, who's about as good a dude as you're ever going to meet. Um, and uh, he was young and he was hungry. And so, uh, you know, between all those guys, it was it was probably the best thing I could have done for that year. Um, just to see that, you know, because you can go to Division One school and you're going to be cutting tape and and picking up lunches and, and doing laundry for your, your team, you know, and, and whatever they need you to do. But here I was on the floor coaching. I was recruiting. I was watching tape um, and, and scouting and all those types of things. And so it was a it was a really good decision on my part. Um, at the time, I didn't know if it was going to be a good one or not, but it, uh, it worked out really well. Well, and you happen to have uh, a really good assistant coach in yours truly as well. Yeah. That uh, when I wasn't <laughs> almost dying from an appendix rupture, I was yeah. uh, running were... practice for you because you were always gone to <laughs> class. Because and... <laughs> every Friday I was going somewhere or whatever it may be. This is a crazy name for you. Um, and it might be a high school coach you need to get on, but uh, Jeff Zittergruen. At yep. Benton Community right now, girls team who he's doing an awesome job with them. Uh, I just happened he was also assistant at the time. He was a student assistant with us. I just happened to roll into a game like two or three years ago, and I'm like, oh my god, it's Coach Zit. It's like he's there, and that was him. I didn't know he was coaching there. 
um but just kind of a blast from the past there and so honestly it was awesome you know like they make fun of me I remember my first game ever at Co College we were a JV team um I'm stomping on the floor like Coach Paith um the referee's looking at me like dude what what are you doing right now you know I'm on all fours pounding the ground trying to get a stop um to me it was everything and uh it was so much fun I had a you know I had brand new tie and shirt and pants you know all the whole nine yards and so to me, I thought it was D1, and I tried to treat it like that. And um, when I was at class, Claude was doing his thing. <laughs> That's right, man. That was, I tell you what, though, I mean, we've said a lot on this podcast, and you said it just a few minutes ago, is you got to do. Like, it doesn't matter what it is. Like, you got to go. You got to coach. You got to experience it, you know, because that's where you ultimately start to form and shape your understanding of the game. Like you said, you're going to emulate what you know, and Coach Pace was what you knew the most at that time, you know, and then you're going to take what you like, and you're going to develop it, and you're going to grow, and you're going to, you know, all those things. But, like, if you're just sitting over there watching all the time, you don't have that opportunity. And so, I mean, we, we give that advice to young coaches all the time is it doesn't matter if it's first grade or if it's fifth grade or whatever it is like start go coach like put together a plan um it's gonna make you better and so and obviously it you know worked for you too um and then adam will take it from here but transitioning then um how did the drake position come about um and like you said you knew that the kind of the goal was to be a ga and that was an opportunity that came about yeah so uh the name we brought up once jason bauer uh good old eddie bauer he was a uh, he was a GA at Drake at the time, um, and he was kind of like the main only guy they had at the time. Um, he calls me up in March Madness, and he's like, you know, we had just been running camps. Is really all our relationship was. We knew of each other, run camps. We kind of talk here and there. And he calls me up and he says, you know, I know I know Abby, my wife, um, at the time. Uh, I guess we were engaged at the time, um, and she's down there. It's like, why don't you come down, um, watch some games with me? I'm gonna go out to lunch with Kino. Davis, who was the assistant at the time, um, let's get lunch. Let's just watch some games um, and just kind of catch up. And I'm like, awesome. So went and watched some games and, and we were catching up. And so then he's like, all right, here's the real deal. Uh, they're going to, they want to get one more GA um, other than me. Uh, and so, you know, I kind of want to get you in here and get your foot in the door. So why don't you take it? I don't remember if I made much money, if any money to start. Um, we were sharing like literally the same office space together. Uh, and it wasn't very big to begin with. Um, and so I'm down there and I'm, I literally wore Drake clothes every day. Cause that's what she got. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and so the started out doing that. Um, and then about the middle of the summer, he's like, all right, here's the real deal. I'm taking another job. I'm getting out of this whole coaching world. I wanted to get your foot in the door so you could kind of take my spot. And so, um, that's kind of what it worked out to be. Um, and so at the time, um, made a little bit of money, but I got my master's degree paid for um and got my got my education there and so that was that was huge it was like the normal GA spot you get your degree paid for uh, you go to classes on the weekends you try to you try to fit that in around everything else um got married that year and, and all those types of things were taking place and so honestly you know Drake and, and going to the NSA tournament and getting to to hang out in the same office and share lunches with Dr. Tom Davis was all because of Jason um and kind of setting me up there and and so that's yeah that's where it all started. That's awesome. That is awesome. So what, what was, what was the moment? Um, obviously as a JV coach, you know, it's, it's JV coach, but you're, you're, you're the head JV guy, right? What was the, the kind of in the face moment? (laughs) Well, 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 I can see that. I can see that. But, uh, 
now we, now he knows at least <laughs> um what was that kind of hit you in the face moment that you know um i'm a, hey i'm a ga now and you know kind of on the the bottom of the totem pole maybe <laughs> every day every, every, <laughs> every day they reminded you um of of that um no i i you know i think it was just literally when you look around and you're cutting up tape and you're picking up dry cleaning mm-hmm. for the coaches and they were all awesome guys and they treated you great and you, know, you hear a lot of stories um that are a lot worse situations than we had. Um, but I, I, I don't even remember if it was my first year or my second year, and this is going to sound bad. We were in the Bahamas. So it wasn't like we're really living a bad life. Uh, we're in the Bahamas, but everybody else is enjoying themselves. And it's me and a couple student managers or whatever at the time. Um, it might've been another GA or two at the time, even we're taping down three point lines on the ballroom floor, you know, and that takes oh, an hour yeah. to get that right. And then they come in and it's not right. It's not straight enough. It's not realistic yeah. enough. Um, we went over and played, uh, did one of the foreign trips when that became legal, uh, one of the first years. And so we had to tape down the foreign line and the wider lane in our rec center on three courts. Uh, you know, so just little stuff like that. Um, you know, and it, it, like you said, it, it was fun because you're at the division one level and you're like, you know, Dr. Tom was amazing. He'd take you out for lunch and he'd take care of you. So yeah, you work your tail off and he takes you out for lunch. You get a bunch of food at noon and you hear stories. Yeah. Uh, it, it was cool. But uh, those were a couple moments where you remember back. It's like, Oh, yep. Here I am. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You do you, I do what you got to do. Right. Yep. 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 <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, so playing against those teams a couple of times, um, playing down at the nap. Uh, I remember, I mean, one, one, one thing I remember down there is just the, these nets that are so short <laughs> and the, the string on these nets is like, as, as, as big as my arm, it seems yep. like, yep. uh, <laughs> I assume those were, those were Dr. Tom and saying, Hey, we need this ball to slow down so we can get that press on. There's a lot of truth to all of that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I was never involved with having to buy the nets or purchase the nets, but there's a lot of truth to, you know, it was either a double-edged sword. He wanted to play fast on offense and he wanted to set up his yeah. press. He wanted the ball out of the net in a hurry or he wanted to slow it down. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, you know, playing the playing to nap, um, it was just really cool for me. And I jump ahead if you ask the question, but it was really cool for me just to see the progress from year one when Dr. Tom was there and you're the middle of the road to when Keno took over in year two um, mm-hmm. when I was there to the NCAA tournament run, um, you know, being nationally rated and all those types of things and seeing that nap center go from, we're giving away free school tickets. If you read so many minutes to the next year, I mean, it was me and another guy, we were in charge of tickets. Um, and that was the worst, you know, mm-hmm. you know, cause Clayton Corver knew everybody in the state of Iowa. So he had 9,000 friends that wanted to come watch him. Um, and so trying to get, we only get four. <laughs> um, and be that guy. So uh, to see it go from that to that was, was incredible. Um, and it was, you know, I, if you're going to be there, it was the right time to be in the nap center. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, obviously, some good teams and some good, uh, uh, I guess, obviously, good coaching mentors, too. So, so yeah. good for you as well. Um, what's, uh, what's one story about Dr. Tom that, uh, that you remember, if you can, can narrow yeah. it down to one? Narrow it down to one. Um, I think just the, just that he was, you know, he was, he was his last year. Um, and mm-hmm. so he was kind of towards the end of the whole thing. He knew he was towards the end of the whole thing. Um, so he was kind of an overseer and, and a protector of the program, I guess, more than he was, you know, the head ball coach, I guess, Kino had kind of stepped right. in and started taking some of those things. Um, but for me, it was just, golly, growing up as an Iowa kid, 
like that was your idol. You know, it was, he was everything. Um, watching Iowa play and going to games and sitting in row 15 on my grandpa's lap, watching this guy. Um, but my best story, um, he, he calls us all into the office. And for some reason at the time, we were in a kick where we had to be like in dress clothes for whatever reason. Um, I don't know if it was recruiting time or the coaches thought we needed to change it up. So, you know, I was, we're in dress clothes. We, we walk into his office and he's got this big spacious office and it's me and three other guys in our little teeny office. And so we walk into the, the Holy Grail of his office and it's in the fall and it must've been the kind of recruits must've been coming in, but we were in like early season practice before the official practice starts. And he's like, he had a really high pitched voice. And he's like, all right, guys, we're going to get up here. And you and the two other GAs, we're going to get up and we're going to do a pump fake and power, Shesson. You're going to show me your best pump fake and power. And we're like looking around and the assistants are kind of laughing. And we're like, are they setting us up? You know, this is, this isn't right. They're laughing at us. This isn't right. So, you know, now get up here. We're going to do it. We're going to do it. Whoever gives me the best pump fake and power, you get to lead that station at our little practice today because we're one coach short. I'm like, so we get up and me and the other two other guys that were there in our dress clothes, we're pump faking and powering. And next thing you know, here comes Dr. Tom from behind his desk. And he's, he's giving us the perfect demonstration of how this thing's supposed to look. Um, and to this day, I might not, might not, you know, learned a ton, but I won that session and got to lead it. And so that was like my claim to fame is I had the best pump faking power in his office that day. So, um, which if you know Iowa basketball, you know how special that is. <laughs> Say pump fake power is still across the state. I mean, obviously we had, we had J.O. on, um, and, you know, he's talking about how he's still working in pump fake power. God, we had a couple other guys on too. I mean, yeah. pump fake power. Yep. It's, it's still I mean, a thing. I'm and, over there. Trying, I mean, I was like, I'm 5'11 at the time, 23 years old. And the Lukita is like 6'9", all of 260. And I'm trying to show him this move, you know? And he's looking at me like, Coach lost his darn mind. I didn't come over here and do this. So, uh, it was it was pretty cool. But that's the moment I tell everybody. I'll never forget it. <laughs> Did uh, Dr. Tom have the no, the no effing shots too while you were there? No. Yeah. Jeez, guys, yep. no flips, fades, or floaters. Yep. He would have probably he I don't know what he would think nowadays because that's anybody everybody shoots. As I say, yeah, can't, right. can't shoot a floater. He couldn't shoot a flipper, and he would he would high pitch voice get after you on that. No phase. We're not gonna flip it. We're not flipping the ball up the rim. <laughs> no. yeah, it was it was awesome. It was no, awesome. No jellies for uh, Coach Tucker. <laughs> uh, well, good, good. So um, you know, as, as you mentioned, spent spent a couple years there, um, and eventually moved into um, the director of ops at Drake, correct? Yeah. So that was kind of the, the second and third year was kind of guinea pigged into that one. Um, we had forced him to hire a couple of GA guys who were awesome guys. Um, you know, Josh Sash being one of them who's, you know, coaching pretty high level stuff now. Um, and uh, Ryan Hart and Brian Stainhook came over. And so we had four guys in this little office, just, just cutting up tape and making silly sitcoms in there and having a great time for like 12 <laughs> hours a day. But uh you know, it, it was fun. Life was simple. Um, you know, it, it was it was Subway and whatever else they brought in for the day and you ate it and you worked your tail off and, um, you know, and, and, and did that. So it, it was fun. So you were in charge of the hotel accommodations throughout the great Missouri Valley then? Yeah, I got lucky because uh, Scott Kerr Scooter was the trainer. And so Dr. Tom's thing was always the trainer took care of meals and that. And so Scooter was always doing that. And then when Dr. Tom left, we kind of split it. And so he kind of was like, what am I doing doing this for these? You guys. You guys. And so we kind of split it. Um, he was always in charge when things went well. And I was when the meals weren't as good. So uh, 
but yeah, so that, that was like you said, trying to find spots in Evansville and Terre Haute, um, Northern Illinois to get pizza after games and to eat the meals the night before. So, um, it was, it was honestly a blast, uh, doing it. And, uh, you know, you always, you always get good food. So you mean yeah. you weren't going to Golden Corral or getting Subways or we just literally we just good. literally drove by a Bonanza there day and I'm like man that brings me back you to my ten year old Nick's <laughs> case. It was closed. It was closed Coach, at the time. So Coach Payne I mean, loved the pasta bar, man. <laughs> pasta bar and Subways. Pasta bar and Subways. <laughs> We're gonna stop and get some Subways. I mean, you, I mean, you had to hit up a couple Golden Corrals though, right? Or Ryan Steakhouse. Oh, we, 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 uh, we did plenty of those. We still yeah. did plenty of those because yeah. you're never going to please 15 guys. No. Um, and you're never going to please coaches. And if you lose, you don't have a chance to please them. So but you will at Golden Corral. But at Golden Corral, everybody gets happy. Everybody's happy. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, that's good. That is yep. good. Um, all right. So eventually um, transition out of Drake. Yep. Um, How'd that process go? Um, and then ended up at Grandview down here in Des Moines, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I was there for three years um, and they kind of looked at me and, you know, they're like, well, Hey, <laughs> we can't stay here forever. And so I knew that as well. I wanted to stay in Des Moines, uh, just had Taylor. Um, and so she was like, you know, two at the time or whatever and, and growing up and wanted to stay down there. My wife loved teaching where she was. And so um, had applied and interviewed at Simpson college um, through J.O., uh, who at the time was kind of like the, the mentor for me. And I kind of just followed his footsteps for three years there. Um, and so, you know, it, it, to, to be at a place for three years and have three different head coaches, uh, you see a lot of the D one world. And, uh, um, and so kind of going through that process, knew I wanted to stay around and was, wasn't quite sure that, you know, that's where I wanted to continue going. I wasn't ready to move to California or Washington or, you know, Colorado or whatever it may be at the time. And so interviewed at Simpson, thought I had a job there. Things didn't work out. Uh, Bruce Wilson, who was an amazing person, calls me, lets me down very nicely and gently. Uh, and then says, next day he calls me back. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm, I mean, I, you're, I don't know what I'm going to do. And so he calls me back and says, uh, Dennis Schaefer at Grandview is looking for somebody. Uh, would you have interest? And I'm like, for sure. Went over and, and interviewed with Schaefe. Um, and just kind of talked like this and uh, left, had no idea what was going to happen. And I think he called me back an hour later. He's like, well, here's what you're going to get. You also got to be an assistant SID, uh, but you're in. And I'm like, awesome, let's do it. And so I uh, did that for three years. And uh, that's kind of the transition process. But to be able to stay in, you know, Carlisle at the time we moved there and live there and uh, have kids growing up was, was perfect. So um, obviously you mentioned assistant SID, but were you an assistant coach there too? Yeah. So I was assistant basketball coach. I only had one. Uh, yep. and, and that was me and, uh, was also assistant SID. So it was perfect. Nice. And, and sorry, I was running, uh, maybe not running practice, but actually helping out with practice now. Yeah. yeah. So no, so we're, I'm on the floor. Uh, and, and Shafe was, Shafe was amazing. You know, I don't know if he thought, cause I was coming from Drake, I would have all these wonderful ideas to run, but, uh, he let me do a lot of things, um, in year one and two, uh, on the offensive end, which was, was exciting, which was, you know, great. Uh, let me handle a lot of recruiting. His kids were kind of growing up in that busy time frame, And so let me do a lot of things there, um, which sometimes led to some good decisions and sometimes some bad decisions on, <laughs> on kids and different things. But uh, it was great for me um, because you go from the Division One world where you're kind of hands off and watching and, and seeing it and, and having a different role. And then you go over there and you're in it. You're making decisions at timeouts. You're making decisions at halftimes. You're helping at practice. Um, 
you know, and, and uh, you know, I love shapes to death. You're walking them off the ledge, you're walking them on the ledge every other day. And so just helping through that process. Um, at the time I was 25, 26. And so uh, that was really good for me. Yeah. So you're kind of, um, you know, um, I guess growing that experience with, you know, three head coaches in three years. Um, and then, you know, getting kind of thrown into the mix, uh, coach down the floor, as you said, and recruiting, um, you know, the, experience bank is uh is i guess you know expanding for you yeah i was and now that i look back and i start talking through it all that was five five different years i had five different coaches and so you learn a lot of different styles and like claude said earlier you're trying to figure out who you are um and you go from you know you, you watch one coach for four years and you think you're going to be him and then um you know you go you go to drake and you think you'd be like you know i wanted to be like jo and be an assistant and uh, be a shorter version of him and uh and do that <laughs> and then i and i roll into there and you got shape and so um a lot of different people uh that played a big role but to be able to be on the floor and make mistakes and learn and grow and and those types of things um were really important and you know the year i went to granby we had you know the first two years there we were really really good and had a lot of seniors and juniors that were experienced kids that uh you know helped me a lot just be okay making mistakes and learning from it um with their talent level yeah and so um we talked about it before we got on air here but um had an opportunity to coach my little brother um actually my bigger brother but younger younger brother <laughs> i guess um and they you know we talked about too they had they had a really really good team um what do you remember about that year i'll tell you what i remember um <laughs> is uh well obviously them being real good get a lot of wins but uh one game my my the refs maybe weren't calling the most fouls for my brother and he <laughs> slammed the ball on the ground, got a technical. And I'll never forget how mad my dad was about that. that, <laughs> that that's what I remember about that year. <laughs> that was the one moment that rings true. Not the, the one, yeah. Not the 30 point games and the, the patented fadeaway with the ball over his head against six. Right. He wasn't even nearly that tall. Uh, no, I think for me, that group, um, just the amount of fun that they had being around each other. Uh, and you, you realize real quickly, and I think Shape did a great job of this, and I put it on the tweet when he won number 400 this past week, but the ability to care for the kids and care for your team and and to let them just be around each other and enjoy each other. Like those guys just loved hanging out. Sometimes it drove us crazy in practice because I love them to death and probably one of the best guards I've ever seen play. But when Grant Burns wasn't ready to go hard, everybody else just kind of followed suit and mm -hmm. it would drive coach crazy. It would, you know, to me, I was like, all right, whatever. But uh, I was young and, and naive at the time, but he, it would drive him bonkers. And so just to see that, but uh, you know, I think um, <laughs> I went from, I went from Drake where every meal was prepared and you had to eat right and everything else. And I remember we were down in a tournament. Our, it was Grant and, and Corey and, and Matt Bands, all those guys senior year. And we're we're like Nebraska or Grace College or something, and we're getting on the bus. And this will because you'll know him, but like Grant really brings fishing poles and a tackle box. And coach is like, "What are you, what are you doing, Grant?" And he's like, "The guy you know, loves fishing." Like five on Saturday, coach. And he's like, "I know." And he goes, "Well, I'm gonna go fishing. I'm gonna go fishing." He's like, "How are you gonna get there?" He's like, "Well, my dad's coming tonight. We're gonna drive over, go fishing, and then I'll be ready for shoot around at one." And coach is like, "Whatever." So he goes and does it. He fishes. He rolls into the locker room with his fishing pole and his tackle box with a pizza, a Mountain Dew, and nachos. That's what his pregame meal was. And he goes out and we actually kill people. He destroys people. He's dribbling around people. He's dropping down. He's making jumpers. Um, it was the best gamer I've ever seen. But that was my story of like, all right, you know, basketball can work different ways. And uh, yeah, um, I just the 
it was just fun. It was a different level. Um, the experience was different than where I was at Drake, uh, but I really, really enjoyed it a lot. There's two things I know about Grant is, yes, yeah, loves the fish. And when that guy was on, he was he was tough. He, he was, was tough. A, he was as special as you could get one. And, and it didn't matter if he had a bad Thursday practice or a good one Friday, he was going to be great. Um, yeah. no matter what it was. Um, and he always was, he always was when we needed him to be, um, you know, and that, that's what that team had. They just kind of were experienced and, and they cared for each other enough that they knew like, if I need to show up, I'm going to, I'm going to bring it out and we're going to get it done. And, and that's what they did. And it, it was, uh, for me being young and, and experiencing that and getting the highs of that was pretty amazing. It's, it's funny too. Cause obviously you mentioned those guys are successful and you know, those three names that you threw out all coming from smaller schools in Iowa and yeah, I mean, it just shares similarities to obviously some of the Warburg teams back, uh, back in our day. And so it's amazing on how, um, you get those guys with, you know, are worldly different, but kind of share the same goal and they don't, don't need to say a lot. Cause you kind of know, You're like, Hey, here's the deal, man. He's it's game day. It's like, he's going to come ready to go. So well, good. So obviously Grandview. So you have this, you have this thing where um, I know 12 was the number for, for Warburg, but three kind of is your deal. Cause it's yeah. Drake for three, Grandview for three, Cedar Rapids wash for three, and then Williamsburg for three. Um, and yeah. so you kind of, yeah. you kind of got this three year thing and then uh, you're, you're ready for a new challenge. <laughs> but uh, so take me through the transition going to the high school game. So now you have an opportunity uh, you know, get back kind of on the eastern side of the state, um, you know, closer to closer to family and friends, I know, for both you and your wife. Um, and so Cedar Rapids Wash, how did how did this come about? Were you ready to have a program? And then what do you remember about like the oh, here we are? Like, this is my program. Yeah. I'm calling the shots when you got to yeah. wash. Yeah, I uh, I remember that one was a really hard decision. Um, you know, obviously, financially and NAI assistant SID assistant basketball coach is not rolling in the dough. Uh, but we're, you know, but we're living and we're, we're loving life. We had just had the twins, uh, you know, I think in the middle of the, the Grandview experience, um, which coach shape was amazing. Um, allowing me to, to be a dad and experience that. Um, and, and still, you know, allow me to do that while coaching, uh, which was amazing. And so, uh, had a really hard time leaving him. Um, be honest with you, had a hard time leaving that area because Des Moines was pretty neat and pretty special as a young family. Um, but uh, kind of through Shafe um, and a couple guys down in that area, other high school coaches, they had given my name up there to Cedar Rapids Wash and uh, Ralph Plegman and, and went up and interviewed. Um, you know, they liked what they heard um, and, and got the opportunity to do that. And my wife's like, we're in as long as I can live in Williamsburg. And so uh, that's what we did. Um, went up there and and for me, um, you know, like you said, you, you got to learn on the floor and after being a JV head coach and, and thinking I knew so many things and run the, running so many things, like I needed to get back on the floor, um, and, and be the head coach and calling the shots. And so the opportunity to do that, uh, was awesome. And to go to Cedar Rapids wash and that, in that conference, it's almost like a small college. Um, you're playing against some of the top coaches in the state, some of the top players in the state at the time, Iowa city West was, you know, Big Ten Central, um, yeah. running guys through there. Dubuque Senior Head, guys going to you and I. Um, you know they were everywhere, and so every night was you know you were you had to be on, and you had to have a really good program to compete. Um, the year before I was at Wash, we were we were zero and whatever. Um, after they had won this, you know, the title with with or went to the state tournament with Oglesby and Washburn and those guys. Um, and so coming in, um, a win was like 
that was that was what we needed. We just needed to win. And so to be able to do that as a young coach, we got it done. We beat Kennedy uh, to see the excitement in those kids' eyes. Um, and so that that was kind of the moment of like, all right, this is this is what I'm going to do. This is who I am. Um, and this, this is what we're going to try to do here and build something. And it was, you know, it was three years, but it was, it was a neat three years. And we got to see a lot of good players. I got to learn a lot and grow a lot um, and be around a lot of talented players on our team. Um, isn't it amazing how, when you look at the different levels, so obviously unique experience for you to be, you know, like you said, division three to division one, to NAIA, to high school. And ultimately, you know, we're going to get to the youngsters here at 212, but um, there's not a lot of difference in the game. I mean, the game is still the same. It comes down to the fundamentals. It comes down to footwork. Uh, it's just a matter of who can do it more longer and more consistently and at a higher level, but it's, it's all the same. Yeah, this, it's no joke. I was just talking to a guy that um, I was just talking to Adam Haleska on the phone the other day and, and uh, we were talking about youth, youth stuff and, and youth kids and all those kinds of things. But he's like, when I was in the NBA, we were doing the same things and they were nitpicking the same things. And we did it for three hours straight, you know, before he even got to play. Um, but it was the same things he did when he was at Carroll High School. And it's, it's, there's no, no exaggeration. I'm pump faking power in a Dr. Tom's office with division one talented kids. Um, and we're doing the same thing with Cedar Rapids watch kids trying to win a game, you know? And so it didn't matter uh, what level it is. The game is pretty simple. Um, and it, it comes down to who's going to work, work at it the longest, um, who's going to be consistent with it. Um, and, and that's kind of who gets rewarded. Yeah, it's, it's, it's wild. As many coaches we have on from the different levels, it's it's crazy because everyone's always looking for that magic, the magic pill or that drill that's going to all of a sudden win you five more basketball games. But it's like, it, it ain't out there, man. Like, it don't matter. It don't matter uh, what drill. You can run passing game cuts all you want. It's, if you don't, uh, if you don't know how to execute, it's not going to matter. Yeah. But um, so then it, you know, it sounds like we're, we're, your position at wash and being able to you know have your first kind of real program and build things and start to see that success how difficult was it um to then take the job at williamsburg um which obviously makes sense uh geographically for you and your family and what you guys are trying to do and so there had to be part of that it's like oh man this is great this is a great opportunity this is kind of where i want to be this makes sense but it's got to be a little bit of hard of of, of leaving wash with um, you know, maybe feeling like there's still more work to do. Yeah, we uh, we actually shared for a conference title my last year um, against some really good teams. Got to play at uh, the USL Center against Iowa City West. Um, you know, and and every coach goes in thinking we're going to win it and go to state. You know, but unfortunately, McCaffrey's and Wally Parks and those guys, Devontae Lane, had a different idea. So. Uh, we were down way too much before it even started. Uh, I looked up the board and went, well, that was fun. So um, that happened. So we had a really good year that year and, and we had some good young talented kids coming up. And the nice part about Wash is you're always going to have talent. You're always going to have athleticism. You're always going to have kids that want to be up there playing ball. And so it was tough, but at the same time, young kids um, living in Williamsburg, being from a small town, you know, in this place, they, they embrace their athletics and their athletes and their coaches unbelievably well. And so to be a part of that, uh, was really neat and really special and, and something I wanted to do knowing my kids were growing up. Um, you know, the number three uh, has always been kind of where I was at coaching wise. And that wasn't the plan here and we'll get to it. But uh, um, yeah, that it, it was difficult uh, in some respect, but it was it was pretty easy uh, overall, honestly. Yeah. So then obviously Williamsburg, uh, like you said, opportunity 
to be in a in a community um in which kind of sounds like it's always kind of been the goal uh for you and your wife and to yep. get the kids there um and so then so take me through a little bit uh of your time at Williamsburg again three years as, as a coach um and then ultimately where and how we start to transition into the development of this of, of 212 <laughs> yeah so uh was here for you know I was doing Williamsburg and and uh it's amazing you see all these different levels, you know, and you talk about basketball not being any different. You know, there's the amazing amount of coaches there are at every stop is incredible. Um, you know, we're playing in the Womack, and I'm like, hey, I'm going to come down here, and we're going to run these couple things, and they're not going to have an answer for it. Well, they all had answers for it, um, unfortunately. So, uh, you know, but it, it was neat to be able to start doing youth camps, um, trying to build something. Um, you know, we the team that the team that's, you know, number top five in the, in the state right now, um, you know, those kids were upper elementary, early junior high age kids at the time and, and uh, running camps with them and knowing kind of what we had coming and trying to build something was pretty special um, and, and pretty neat, you know, and, and uh, was really, really cool. And, and so, you know, like taking myself back to 18 year old uh, running all American camp in Hudson, Iowa, like doing those camps and those clinics, I was doing them here for Williamsburg and, and doing like coaches do all the time and a buddy of mine just sat me down one day and said, you know, my kid's playing club ball for this team. Um, let's go watch a practice. We went up and watched it. No idea what he was even trying to get me to do. Uh, we're sitting down, he slides me a piece of paper and he's like, if you think you can do this, answer these questions and get back to me tomorrow, you know? And so he, he was setting up a business model for me right there and didn't know what I was even walking into, but he calls me up the next day and he's like, I just watched the way you run camps and the way you watch the clinics and all those things. And I think you can, provide more for kids than just the kids in this area while also giving the kids in the area competition against the best around the area. And so that was kind of the goal. Um, two twelve started, um, with the idea of just running skills camps in the fall, running around basketball practices. Um, no idea of doing anything more with it. That was kind of the ultimate goal. And pretty soon, um, the kids start coming together from Kyoto and Sigourney and Mid Prairie and Williamsburg and all these different towns. If we start doing skills in the fall, we have about 24 to 30 kids coming up and running them after basketball practices or whatever and loving it. And pretty soon the kids are like, hey, you know, I got my school team, but I really want to play with these six or seven kids too because they're really good and they're going to push me in, in those things. And so that's where it kind of just snowballed to. Um, and then the team started to form and, and now we're here. <laughs> So now we're here. How many teams? Where, where are you at basketball wise? How many teams? Does... We're, at, we're at 16 um, yeah. boys and girls in the winter. Uh, started with four. Um, so we're up around 132 kids and, and we're on year, just getting out with year five. Um, and so, you know, for year two and three, I was, I was coaching high school ball and doing this at night and, you know, go play Friday night in Independence uh win a buzzer beater lose a buzzer beater didn't matter with 8 a.m in cedar rapids the next day and so uh that it was, it was pretty awesome it was pretty neat and uh it just slowly started to grow and and uh you know to skip ahead to maybe a question you're going to ask but um our ad at the time coach richie he was a football coach um just kind of brought me in and, and we had some conversations and he's like we're just gonna have to make a decision for you personally you got four kids um you got an amazing family you want to be a part of them i know you do you also have this burner of 212 that's now starting to, to take some of your time. Um, but you also have the Williamsburg basketball team that I know you care about, but you can't care for all those things at one time and, and still be able to do what you want to do. And so kind of gave me a couple of days to make a decision. Um, 
and ultimately with young kids and just being able to see the growth of the program and to see the development of the kids. Um, that's kind of where I wanted to go. And, and I think the biggest thing for me, um, and I'm rambling real quick, but the biggest thing for me was being a high school coach. There's so much time you can't work with your kids um, by, by rules and trying to squeeze it into the summer when they're pulling in 19 different directions was hard for us at a small school. So the ability to work with fourth grade through eighth graders all year long um, was something that I just, you know, I jumped at and uh, it kind of, that's, that's what started the whole process. What, um, so obviously number 12, uh, yeah. what is, what is the, uh, what is, what does the other two stand for? Or what's yeah, so 212? Two, yeah. What's so 212 degrees is, 212 degrees is the idea of an extra degree, um, you know, turns, turns uh, boiling water, turns hot water into boiling water. Um, produces the steam, which can make the locomotive run. And so, you know, the whole idea is these kids are doing an extra degree of work. They're all going to school ball. They're all still the best kid in Kyoto. They're the best kid in Sigourney. They're the best kid at Prairie, Sea Rapids Prairie, whatever it may be. And they're doing extra driving down, getting extra practice in, getting an extra skill session in, playing an extra tournament outside of what everybody else is doing. Um, and that extra degree of work can make the biggest difference. And, and so that's kind of where that whole, the name idea came from. Um, it's not New York City's area code, even though somebody's mentioned that to me before. Uh, you know, we've heard a lot of people say like, hey coach, we're gonna keep you at 211 today. So a lot of cool little things come from it all, but uh, that's the whole idea. Um, and it just sticks because really, you know, it, it, you guys know it, but um, to be really good or really special at anything, you gotta add a little extra degree of effort or time or commitment and the kids in the program do it. Um, it's pretty special to see. I know you mentioned it, and obviously it was not an easy decision to to step away uh, as the head as the head coach there at Williamsburg, and you know have that opportunity to run your own program. But at the same time, uh, what you have going with two twelve, I would argue that, uh, and you kind of alluded to it, but probably making a bigger impact on the program um, than you you know you could potentially make at the head coach, just because any head coach will tell you how, how valuable a youth program is, how developing these skills at a young age. And we talked about it earlier. I mean, the footwork, the finishing, the, all that stuff, it's all the same. It's just a matter of when do you learn it? When do you perfect it? When you get good at it? And so being able to have a program like 212 in the Williamsburg community is only going to help um, the basketball team and, and well, and now multiple sports, because as I understand, you guys have now expanded in and are doing more than just basketball, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it, we do, we have some volleyball teams that are, um, playing this winter as well into the spring. Um, we host a plethora of different tournaments, but, uh, just the opportunity, like you said, to meet so many different kids and, and, you know, Adam and you both playing, ball and, and being a part of that through high school and in college you just that's where your a lot of your friendships get built and you know I look at my wedding picture and it's it's littered with guys that we played college ball with and so just the different avenues and to bring all these kids together that are sharing the same goal and their ultimate goal is to get a little bit better um and so just to be able to do that is pretty special and pretty unique um you know and I when I was when I was 23 and, and wanted to be on ESPN with a suit and tie, I don't think I would have had the same impact as I do right now um, and wouldn't have had some of the experiences and the opportunities I do right now. And so just just, you know, the kids from MFL Marmac that you work with in Oskaloosa and Fort Madison and all these different areas, um, you know, and you just leave and you're like, you know what, they, they couldn't do a Euro step in an hour and a half. We can get it done. And, and just those little stuff that, that they build and they grow and to see the smiles on their faces when they do it. Um, 
it's pretty special. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy, I guess, with the, the different options I was left that day that I, that I chose the one I did. Well, too, and I will say, speaking from experience and, and watching a little bit of the growth from afar, um, you know, but seeing your seeing you guys come over essentially every Saturday to Des Moines, um, I was either running into you or your wife or one of the yeah. kids because you guys yeah. were literally spending every weekend in Des Moines um, coming over, like you said, trying to play and get that competition. And, you know, now you've gotten to the point where, um, you know, I know you guys are hosting your own events and, you know, my daughter's actually been over to the facility there in Williamsburg and played a tournament there. And so, you know, that's been a huge step for you guys and in, in not having to travel as much, but then, you know, even hitting up the Eastern side of the state, um, like you said, just continuing to grow. You have kids from all over, obviously Gaffey's kids now in the 212 program. So they're coming from North Liberty. Um, you know, just a lot of guys, uh, just that we've played with or known, like you said, just continue to grow. Um, and so you said you're up to, you're, you said you're up to 16 teams now. Um, was it, was it your daughter? Like, where did you start? Like what, what were the first year? I know you're doing Academy and you're doing the skill development. Like, all right, let's, let's put a club team together. Was it two? Was it yeah. four? Like, what'd you do? It was, it was wild. My, my, my daughter that's, you know, seventh grade now, um, really wasn't even old enough in year one to play. And so um, it was, it was literally, I think it was year two of like running the fall skills Academy and some of the spring stuff that we did in the small group sessions. And um, you know, it's a bunch of kids that are now freshmen, sophomores come up and you just, like I said, they were sitting around. I don't even remember how it all happened, but somebody just kind of hit me up and said, Hey, my, my, my kid really likes playing with these guys. Can we get something together? I had no idea um, what I was even getting myself into. Um, you know, and so called a couple people that I knew kind of in the, in the AAU club world, and they kind of helped me through the process. And we got, you know, year one, we got some reversible jerseys made and, and screen printed them up here from some guys and, uh, rolled into our first tournament in Hiawatha, no idea what I was getting myself into. And, uh, it, lo and behold, we played Cedar Rapids Kennedy in the championship game with one of our teams and John McCowan. So, like I said, they're always in the way. We got beat that night. But, uh, yeah, so that's just kind of how it all started. Um, and it went from four teams to, you know, and I, I kind of tell people and, and people in our in our program and anybody that wants to listen to me, as you guys know, I can talk a lot. But <laughs> anybody that want to listen, like the kids and how hard they play and how well they play together and how great of parents we have, like that's our billboard. That's our advertising. And so the kids just sold the program every weekend. Um they played hard. They shared the ball. They were from small towns, just like our guys at Wartburg, just like our guys at Grandview. And they cared for each other. They wanted to compete. They didn't really care who got the shot. Um, and, and they just kept growing and getting better every single weekend. And so that kind of grew it. And it went from like four in year one um, to like eight. And then it went to 12. And, and now we're at kind of, I wouldn't say capacity, but we're at a pretty good number. Yeah, no, that's great. I mean, that's something – uh, you know, just a great opportunity, like you said, to make an impact. You very easily could have gone and, you know, and joined or tried to be part of, you know, one of the other hundred club teams that are out there. But um, an opportunity to really kind of build something, um, you know, like I said, it's it, for the community, but not only the Williamsburg community, but for the area. Um, and the ultimate goal is for the game of basketball, you know, and yep. giving back to the kids. And like you said, it's it's a vehicle. The game of basketball is a vehicle in which that we use to learn a lot of things about ourselves um, along the way and then ultimately take us to places to form those relationships 
um, and which I will cherish forever. And it, it sounds like uh, you're well on your way to continuing to do that with for hundreds of kids uh, every year. And so uh, we, we appreciate you sharing that story and, and giving us a little insight on, on how we got to that point. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been, it's been special. It's been, you know, neat. There's a lot of names from college and high school and their kids are coming through and, and, and now we're, you know, getting the opportunity, like you said, pass the game on, pass the knowledge on, you know, I'm fortunate right now that it's kind of a, it's a, it's a growing world as far as club teams and skill development and, and those things. And as much as I love running the club teams and competing on weekends and uh, sometimes, you know, over competing and getting too excited on the sidelines for a, for a fourth, fifth grade game on Sunday morning, 8 a.m., but I, I still do. And so, but uh, the, just like tonight, going up to Fairfax and being in the gym with eight guys and, and watching them grow and get better. And then, you know, seven o'clock at night, you know, one girl comes in to get better. It's just really neat to see these kids um, pour themselves into the game and, and pour into learning and uh, to be a very small, small part of it is, is pretty rewarding for me. Yeah, definitely. Uh, that sounds rewarding. I kind of know what you're talking about with maybe getting too over competitive. I do that on the first grade level too. So you're not the only one. <laughs> um, well, Hey, as you know, uh, we like to end our podcast with a little section we call rapid fire. Brian's going to hit you with a couple questions that, uh, I'm looking down at the list of these. I'm pretty excited about some answers of these. So, um, hit him with him, Brian. <laughs> All right, here we go, Chaz. These are, they're still pretty, still pretty easy though. We're not, uh, I'm not gonna, not gonna, not gonna hit up uh, the, the Joes or the poorhouse. Although I probably should now that I think about it. So, um, all right, first one then. We always lead with favorite visiting gym or arena, um, and you can take this two ways. Obviously, one that you've coached in. So visiting, you got to be the visiting team. So no cop out home gym stuff. Yep. Um, so either, um, I'll, I'll take a playing one, I'll take a coaching one, whatever. I'll take both, whatever you got. So where, Perfect. what's a cool environment? The one environment I'll never forget. I'm a Hawkeye fan. So it's bad to say, but it was Hilton Coliseum when Keno was playing and we were ranked 20 top 25. I think they were as well. We're at Hilton and Keno's in the huddle and it's so loud. I don't even know if it was like Eminem or my, somebody walks by and they're like, I don't even know what he just said. They were in there for 60 seconds. They have no idea what he just said. The place was, I mean, you literally were shaking. And so to me, that was still, you know, as an Iowa kid to be in there and be experienced, that was still, was still number one. Number two has got to be BB because they were just nasty. They were nasty. So the, the, the den, the beaver's <laughs> den, that, that's for sure. Yeah, there's, I can't say all the things they'd say to that me. That was nasty. And I, I know you had some nasty road trips um, in the in the Missouri Valley, but there were, yeah. well, there was something about that trip across Highway Three that it never <laughs> it never felt like it was any good. That trip over to BV was the worst. Never would end well, and it'd be a long drive home. The long drive home. Yep. So. Yep. Um, all right. Uh, who are you taking, Dean Oliver or Andre Woolridge? Ooh, man. Uh, I got to go Andre Walrus because the George Washington game in the tournament still was so amazing with him. So big Dean Oliver fan as a kid, obviously, but uh, Andre Walrus was kind of the dude. <laughs> dude, right. uh, Walrus was just that's nasty. A, that dude. The past there. I remember okay. I was I was at my dad's. We were My dad was down to stay with me. We were in a hotel room watching that game, and he was just killing people off the ball screen. Man. <laughs> dude, he, he had the inside out between the legs. And then the one that was my first poster that. ever. That was my first poster ever. It was a Hawkeye yeah. schedule poster. Was Andre Wolvers was on it. Yeah, I remember that. The dude was nasty. Bad <laughs> dude there. Um, all right. A lot of time in Cedar Falls, I know. And so this is a, a, a heated debate that we always get into with people that know the Cedar Valley well. 
Peppers or mulligans? At least you didn't throw OP. Uh, for me, 100% hands down peppers. They're not even yeah. a question. So when I was growing I like up, it. I had the Unidome basket, which was every appetizer you could eat. And that's all I got. Um, we still go there all the time. Every time we're in Cedar Falls at the Panthers shootout yep. or whatever, we stop by, get the biggest tenderloin I can get, and we have a great time. No, no doubt about it. Always. That's Monday night, Monday night wings that came up on the podcast before. Um, and then the coach, uh, coach uh, Lenzer and the Grand yeah. Slam basket. I think that's what his, yep. his, yep. his deal. Yep. That might have been what it was. Whatever it was, it was amazing. Yeah. Grand Slam. Like every Sunday night, my parents and I, that's where we went. Yep, uh, no Grand, Grand Slam basket and endless Mountain Dews for Coach Lenzer. But I'm I'm still with Coach Oakland and I'm on the Mulligans to so give me that brick brick oven and but uh it's all right. That's what, that's yep. what we're here for. We're we're here yep. for it. Um all right, Coach. Uh favorite hoop shoe. What's the best basketball shoe oh. that See, you're so ahead. hold on, you were low tops before like low yeah. tops were low tops. I was low tops and no socks. Yep. Like it wasn't good, but that's what I did. What were the Jordans we had? The low top Jordans we had, uh, like my those, senior year. Those the teen, little black toe. Yeah. The oh, um, the twelve. Yeah. Yeah. Was, was like the black toe. Yep. Because you and yep. Staggy both had those, right? You guys. Yeah, I ordered like six pairs of those things. You know, Stag- my all-time hoop shoe was. This will be a blast for you right here, Claude. Nobody else will know this, but you and the couple people that listen from Warburg. But, uh. We went to Vegas the one year and Mike Kincaid and I went to like the Nike, whatever it was, and got the all orange. I don't know what shoes they were. Derek Mason wore them for OK State. But uh, we got the orange Hyperflight something and they were like shiny orange. He wore them. I tried and it was bad. Like it didn't look good at all. I wore them one time, never wore them again, you know, but that was that was the shoe. But the Jordans were my favorite of all time because they were the low tops. I got like six of them and just wore them out. The low twelves, man. That's right. I was I low tops, yeah, from day one. I never wore a high top after like my junior year of high school. Yeah, <laughs> I still was, don't. <laughs> that was, I mean, and that was before like the Kobe's and like the low. Yep. I mean, you were rocking low tops yep. before low tops. Yep. So probably why I had so many ankle injuries. But oh well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Good style. Good style. That's great. All right, who's the who's the greatest basketball player of all time? Definitely Jordan. Definitely Jordan. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I figured you'd say that, but I needed to get it on tape. So yeah, yeah. there's no, I mean, yeah, they're all good. They're all good. But when you grow up in our era, nobody will ever be better. No, MJ. All right. Favorite <laughs> sports movie, not called Hoosiers. Oh, yeah. So you're good. You, you know, go right to it. Um, no. You know what? I'm going to, just because I always felt kind of like him, I'm going to go with Rudy. Like really? you know, the dude really worked his tail off to try to get whatever he could. So let's go with that one. That's a good one. That's, a I love good one. It. That's good. That's good. Yeah. I uh I was I, I was if you would have asked me before, I was going blue chips on it. So that's uh oh that's, that's what you're gonna say too, actually. I don't know why. I don't, I don't know why I don't either, know you that well, but oh I got a bad memory, but that was that was pretty amazing. That was pretty awesome. <laughs> I was saying that there. was pretty awesome. You know what the one right now is that my kids watch all the time is Uncle Drew. So that might be my next favorite just because it's so fun to watch those kind of That's funny. My kids, uh, my kids love it's age difference. Obviously, a little young. My kids love like Mike, like the yeah, original yeah, Bow Wow. Yeah. Like the any, Bow Wow. Anytime that comes like, on. I remember the Bow Wow when he was doing something different, singing songs. But that's yeah, funny. yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> So all right, uh, Adam and I get a chance to come over either. 
catch a game or hit up a tournament? Where do we got to stop and eat in Williamsburg before uh, before we head out? <laughs> There's a lot of good places. Uh, Williamsburg's a pretty awesome town for a little place, you know, a little town. It's got a lot of good stops. Uh, Pizza House is amazing. Like, if you're going to come, you got to go there just because that's the spot. But you got to bring cash because they don't take cards. Oh, I love so that. You, you got to stop <laughs> there that. quick. Uh, but if not, my favorite spot in the whole town, and I probably – so we practice Monday, Tuesday, Thursday nights, right? Um, and I probably eat there three nights a week on the way home is, is Costa Kila. And so you got to get a little Mexican food and, and stop by and see those guys because they're all good dudes. So good. Two options. Good. Pizza, pizza and Mexican, Adam. That's what we get a lot of. So we love it. Here for it. You can't mess it up, man. No, you, you can't. So, no. all right, two more. Coach, we'll get you out of here. Um, Shooter's Touch, name of the podcast, can mean a lot of things. Um at some point in our careers for at least the night we've all had the shooter's touch, but what does it mean to you if someone has the shooter's touch? Dang. The shooter's touch to me, if you just hear it, say it is probably what like, I mean, I never really had the touch, but Veet always had the touch when he was playing in AGWSR and you and I, whatever, but like when the ball hits the rim and you're not sure which direction it's going to go and it just rolls right on in, if it's the front of the rim, the back of the rim rolls around three or four times, um, you know, that that's the touch. The guys that throw up there and it bangs off hard. You, know, you, <laughs> you need to get to the rim next time, you can tell Right. Oh, that's good. All right, coach. Um, last one then. What's had a lot of experience, um, a lot of levels, impact a lot of kids. We talked about the importance of the game, but uh what would you say is the, the best thing about being a coach and having an opportunity to impact these kids' lives and, and teach them the game that we all love the best. Man. Um, yeah. If we got enough time, I could go on forever, but uh, it's honestly the most rewarding thing um, that I think I could possibly do. Um, just the ability to have that kind of impact. But to me, it's just, it's simply growing the love of this game and, and seeing kids enjoy it, want to be a part of it, get excited about it um and to see their development um you know and, and when a kid says hey can we get a couple more shots up or can i you know my own daughter's like can we go shoot tonight like that's all i'm trying to do is just give them a little bit more so that the confidence grows um their excitement for the game grows um you know and i, I tell our own staff if you're killing their excitement or killing their confidence we're not doing it right and so as long as we're doing those things um that that's what coaching to me means and, and that's what it's all about um you know, and as long as those things are taking place, we're doing it right. And uh, it's been it's been the best part of the journey. And, and I'm excited to see, you know, when I'm getting older and whatever, I uh, can continue doing it for kids. Yeah. Oh, and it's I mean, you said it earlier, too, like, uh, what's it like on on your worst day? And that's something we've all been there where you've had, you know, a bad day and then you get it step between the lines and it kind of all goes away. And like, yeah. that's just something that you try to instill in these kids and understand that, you know, when you're out there, um, it's still a game, it's still fun, but it can be a distraction. It can be a tool, it can be a vehicle and um, you give them the skills and you, you teach them the right way and it becomes a lot more fun. Um, and it sounds like, and like I said, from experience, I've seen your program continue to grow um, and what you guys are doing and the impact that you're making um, over in your little corner of the state. And I can't wait to continue to watch it grow and um, continue to see these kids come through and have a lot of success. And um, we appreciate you taking some time with us tonight, coach, and jumping on and reliving the past and sharing some stories and, uh, you know, really just having a lot of fun. 
Yeah, thank you guys for uh, giving me the text and uh, giving me the Chet shout out because it's been a long time since I've heard it. And, uh, um, you know, anytime you guys need to talk and relive some memories, give me a holler because this has been awesome. <laughs> We will do that. Yeah, it was great. To, uh, it was great to catch up again with you, uh, Coach, and um, wish you the best here moving forward. And uh, you know, we're gonna. I think me and Brian need to head over there to Williamsburg, grab some pizza because it. Yeah, we got, uh, it we got like a it golf course that's amazing. So if you guys can you hit them straight, even better. If you can. We can do that. Yeah. And, uh, I hit some that, of them straight. Is yeah, that cool? There's not a lot of trees. There's not a lot of trees. No, I, all right. Well, so, perfect. No, perfect. It'd be awesome yeah. to come on up and, and catch up. And uh, I think we got a lot of people that kind of the same circle as it sounds like. So it'd be great yep. to catch up with all you guys again. Hey, yep. uh, uh, best, best nine hole course in Iowa is what it everyone is. keeps telling me over there. It so it is, it all is. All right, so, let's do it. Yep. Hit me up and here I am. So let's do it. Shooters. we got to give a quick shout out to Greenline design company. Jacob over there was the one that helped bring shooting Santa and shooting Shamrock to life. Did a great job, it was a lot of fun to work with. Super easy, super professional, and so a uh, big shout out to them. If you wanna reach them, it's greenlinedesignco.com is the best way to see the rest of his work. Um, we appreciate him and helping us out. Um, look to help him out as well. If there's anybody else that you know we can continue to help support or would like to support us here at the Shooter's Touch, we'd love to hear about it. Let us know, as always, Shooter's Shoot.